0: Hello and welcome to Growing Tech Fast, the condensed org 3D podcast, where we talk about growing tech startups with those who have grown them. Today, I'm joined by George Hunt. He is the head of pre-sales and sales engineering at TouchPlan, an award-winning data-driven planning software for the construction industry. George, it's a pleasure to have you on the pod today. How are you doing? Thanks, Ben. Uh, Pleasure to be here. Doing well. Uh, How about you guys? Yeah, doing very well. Thank you. Busy week so far. Um, I thought for the start um, of the podcast and the benefit of our listeners, George, perhaps we could kick off with you kind of telling us a bit about who you are, what your background is, and the work that you're doing at the moment.
1: Sure. Um. So, you know, I, I think I probably come to the tech startup world a little bit differently than most. Uh, my background is actually in uh, construction and construction management. So, um, you know, TouchPlan is it's a uh, collaborative planning software and, you know, generally we're being used and utilized on design and construction projects. And so that's the world that I came from is, is from the customer side of things. And so, um, I, I've been here now, um, you know, on the touch plan side uh, for a little while. And so I think my background a little bit different than most, I think when, when coming to the tech startup world, but, you know, some of the things we're doing at TouchPlan right now is I think, you know, with. With my background coming from the construction industry and being that we're a software that helps out with the construction industry is that you know we're we're ch- really trying to figure out you know when it comes to planning and scheduling and all the things going on with projects and you know the industry the way that it is right now, with you know everyone talking about it, it's it's super inefficient and things that are happening is we're trying to talk with customers and and clients and figure out you know what are the problems that they're having and how can we help them with the planning process and make you know the things that we're planning at the beginning of the project you know actually happen versus what usually happens is a bunch of uncoordinated stuff and you know this happens tomorrow and the plan that you put in place you know falls apart and, and things don't really go to plan, so to speak. And I think it's pretty much, it's the norm when it comes to, you know, design and construction projects is your plan doesn't necessarily go the way that you planned it. And so I think that's where we really are trying to help our customers right now is give them a way to do that collaboratively and kind of stay out ahead of plants as much as possible. And then, you know, use their data to be able to make informed decisions on what they're doing. So they can hopefully, you know, keep their job sites safe, plan as much as possible, and and stay ahead of any problems before they come up.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you summarized it there, really. I think in any uh, venture, really, um, a plan is only good if you can actually stick to it, really. So um, something you mentioned there and, and touched on, George, is that you're pretty new to the startup scene and new to the tech industry on top of that how have you found working in a tech startup environment and how's it been different to the kind of environments you might have worked in before?
1: Yeah, um, so it's definitely different. I will say that much is, you know, coming from the construction industry, there's, you know, I'm sure there's probably plenty of stigmas and things that, you know, people have about people on construction sites and everything. And, you know, while some of them are true, yes. um, (laughs) You know, as as I would say, the tech startup world so far, there's been a lot less yelling, um, which is nice. But... (laughs) Um, it, it's been interesting because I think it's, you know, being someone who's used a lot of tech throughout my career anyways, is when I first started in construction is I was doing virtual design and construction. And so I was building, you know, and managing kind of 3d models of the buildings that we were constructing, um, and kind of doing, you know, coordination between all the different trades and people on site. And so I've always kind of been using construction technology in some way shape or form and so I've always been a user and I think it's always been interesting to me to be like oh well what goes into actually creating that product that comes out to the users and the customers and when it's actually customer facing and so to be on this side of things now and uh, kind of see how we'll say the proverbial sausage is made and see how the inner workings are and how you know there's a lot of work and discussion and research that goes into the decisions that actually are made for something to come out, whether it's a feature or or something along those lines, that it's been really interesting. And I think that, you know, for me, it's helped being on the customer side because I think I can, you know, lend that bit of information and that um, perspective when we are developing things uh, to kind of say, you know, uh, from a customer standpoint, like, yeah, maybe this will work better or maybe this won't work as well. So, you know i i've i found it to be fun it's exciting because it's something new for me and i was like learning new things and keeping myself moving but um yeah it's, it's been a good journey so far
0: yeah fantastic um and something that you um kind of mentioned was uh you're you're a very industry specific software obviously working exclusively in construction I was Wondering how the coronavirus pandemic may have had any kind of measurable effect on your business or the way that your customers are using your software or, or the way you kind of position it within the market at the moment.
1: Yeah, so I think it, it's interesting is that, you know, with the coronavirus and the pandemic is, you know, obviously we can't all be in the same room most of the time anymore, you know, especially during the real height of everything. And so, you know, I think what we ended up seeing was an uptick in potential clients coming to us and basically saying that, you know, maybe we were looking at um, a solution like this before and we weren't really there yet, but now where we can't all be in the same room and where your touch plan is cloud-based and you can access it from basically anywhere you have an internet connection is, we still wanna be able to plan and be able to have these collaborative sessions that we would usually have in person, but we can't be in person. And so now we need something to do that. And so I think that's where we started to get an uptick from people who, you know, it, it kind of brought them to the point of like saying, okay, we need to pull the trigger here because we need to be able to do something. We need to be able to plan. We need to keep things coordinated, you know, because a lot of times, especially at least here in the States um, and, and specifically around our area is, you know, there was a, short period of time where construction was completely shut down. And then as it started to open back up with restrictions, you know, it was very limited to the amount of people who could be on site. And so I think for a long time we've all had virtual meetings. And I think it's very different to what construction is used to. Because I think construction and design and everything in general is a very it's kind of it's an in person meeting sort of an industry. I think is, you know, in general I would say is we're pretty new to as much virtual meeting as we've been doing, and so, um, you know, I I think what what our software has allowed a lot of people to do is kind of bridge that gap and still be able to have these sessions and planning, um, you know, moments with with the whole team and not lose that connectedness and collaborative nature that they usually have. Um, you know, even though they can't all be in the same room. So having a, a, a web meeting like this and having plan up in the background and using that as a planning space, um, w- we've gotten great feedback that it, it's been able to bridge that gap for them. And so hopefully it continues, but it is, I think, the it's, it's one of the things that definitely, I think, has been sparked with the coronavirus.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting answer, actually. And something that kind of came out of what you were saying there and what you were touching on before is that, the construction industry in general is is probably one of the later ones to actually adopt um sort of tech in, in an advanced kind of daily capacity and is still kind of undergoing somewhat of a revolution there, really. So do you feel like what you're doing at Touch Plan is just kind of the start of the journey in that digital transformation? And where do you see the potential in that industry moving forwards?
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's definitely the start from uh planning and a scheduling type of a side, I think you know if you go to different aspects of you know the industry there's definitely you know parts that are farther along um you know when it comes to building information modeling, for example is they've been doing you know they've been at that with the software for a while um and you know there's a lot of stuff that's coming out with that now that that's light years ahead of where it was you know five ten years ago, so I think that aspect of it is coming along quite well, and I think, you know, from our side of things is I think, you know, the, the datafication of our construction projects and this whole process, I think is relatively new. And I think, you know, like you said, is the construction industry isn't exactly the quickest to adopt new technologies and things. Um, so, you know, the idea that we can get some meaningful data out of our day-to-day planning and what's happening on site To be able to inform how we move forward on projects um, I think is big and I think it is the start of things and I think that's that's kind of where we see ourselves fitting in is is being able to take the normal happenings that people are experiencing on the job site and be able to take that data digest it and give it back to them in a way that shows them you know what trends are happening where they should be looking and you know, really, how to get out in front of jobs because I think you know, with construction and design is, you know, it's always the unseen that comes up, and you you hear the disputes on projects going back and forth because something happened that wasn't expected, and then there's change orders and there's you know the disputes back and forth on projects, and it really creates a lot of friction. And so I think, you know, using data to try and make this process easier for people um, it is big, and then also you know being able to use this data from a planning standpoint to really improve just the jobs across the board, whether it's, you know, the health and safety of the workers who are there on the job sites, you know, and being able to plan for that better, you know, whether it's the, the management from an office side, whether it's, you know, the day-to-day life of the, the men and women in the field who are doing the actual work and being able to plan better uh, and, and make better decisions on their planning and actually go home you know at at the time they're supposed to be going home to at night um you know i i think we have a big opportunity here with the information the data that generally is getting generated at some point anyways on jobs uh to be able to take that and learn from it really and, and try and make these these whole processes better
0: yeah fantastic it's uh i mean it sounds like you're you're certainly making waves and i think there is yeah as you mentioned a lot of kind of scope for for growth and for moving forwards with that um so i'd love to talk about the specifics of your your role um for a little bit here in terms of your um role as head of sales engineering and pre-sales um now sales engineers kind of are an interesting one because they really marry Technical skills with sales acumen in order to be effective. So I'm interested in which you think is sort of more important for a sales engineer to to perform effectively: the, the technical side or the more salesy approach.
1: Yeah, which one's more important? Um, can I take the easy way out and say I wouldn't necessarily weigh one more than the other? Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, to me, it, it it kind of depends. I would say. I would imagine it depends a little bit on the product and then also how, you know, in general, the organization set up with the sales engineers and the, uh, the you know, direct sales representatives. I think, you know, from our standpoint is, you know, our sales team is fantastic when it comes to developing that relationship with our clients and, and really getting down to what their issues are and, and kind of what the problems are that they're seeing and then, you know, bringing in us as a sales engineer to kind of marry that discussion together. So, you know, I think, like I said, I don't I don't necessarily want to say one's more important than the other, but I think definitely being able to talk the technical talk in a salesy way, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it's been really important. And I think, you know, for me, like I said, is I'm, probably on the side of learning more of the sales side of things because you know I, I don't come from the sales background so the technical side I feel like I'm very strong at and so what I've been you know fortunate enough is there's a lot of people here at TouchPlan who are very good with the sales acumen and been able to bring me along and help me just kind of say okay you know what you're talking about you know how do we develop that into you know something that is has a little more sales acumen to it and makes a little more sense and a little more value driven in my message that I'm just saying. Um, And I think that, you know, I I would say, uh, you know, a good sales engineer is probably a good balance of both, but depending on the background and where the sales engineer is coming from, I would say it is probably, you know, where they would want to start focusing on is, you know, if they're coming from the sales side, as they'd want to be focusing more on getting more technical background, And just kind of marrying the both. But I think, you know, if you're weighted one side or the other, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It'll just be the style of how you end up talking, you know, but Mm. ultimately, if you get to the same point with the customer, and you're able to, you know, show how your product is technically meeting, you know, the business needs of
0: their customer. um, I think that's ultimately what we're going for with it. So Okay, perfect. Well, that was an incredibly insightful and a very diplomatic answer as well. So thanks for that. (laughs) Um, Now, something I'm also aware of um, from our kind of previous conversations is that you're currently responsible for two direct reports, I believe. Um, And that's kind of at the moment that the largest team you've been responsible for in your career. What do you find most challenging about that side of the job in, in a kind of management and coaching sense?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the most challenging thing has always been, um, you know, because my personality, I tend to want to be very perfect with things. And so it's the, I'm going to keep this for myself, um, kind of a mentality that I think is one of the things that I've been learning over the years when I'm having anyone who's a direct report. And um, and from that standpoint is, is really kind of sharing the workload. And I think it it goes with how I generally um, see myself as, you know, being head of pre-sales and being, you know, the, the leader of a group is that, you know, we are a group of people and we're here to, you know, perform our function within the company. And so it's less about, you know, me telling the team necessarily what to do and kind of really understanding this is what we have to do as a group, you know, whose skills are suited where and then how we can kind of get the rest of the team, you know, wherever their um, strong points are to be able to grow the rest of the the team along with them. And so I think the the balancing act of, you know, for me, just going and doing something myself and versus uh, taking a step back and saying that, you know, here, let me delegate this out and, you know, help, you know, everybody on the team kind of build up their skill set. Um, you know I think that's that's probably been the piece that I, I've been growing at and learning more I'd say than anything is that you know it is really understanding when to step back and delegate versus do it myself because I think at some point you know now yes, I only have a couple people, but at some point it, you know when as this team's growing is there's going to be more and there's going to be more the less time for me to do things on my own and so I think um yeah, that's probably been the the piece that. I think I've, I don't, I don't know if I'd say struggled, but at least it's been learning
0: a lot on. Mm, yeah, yeah, the, the key kind of area of development for you, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. um, that, that's a really interesting one, and something that you you kind of led on to there is is the growth of your team. Um, obviously, TouchPlan's growing quite quickly, I believe, and that that I hope is going to kind of continue. And as you look to scale that team, what do you think you'll be looking for in your sales engine? is as you bring them on and how will you aim to qualify that throughout your interview process
1: yeah so i think you know for me is there's probably a couple things is you know number one is that you know hopefully there there's some bit of a background where you know they've demonstrated the ability to kind of learn something new and take it on Um, you know it's probably few and far between know, to be able to say, oh, well, we're going to get someone exactly out of construction technology to be able to jump in and, and used to it. But, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is trying to understand if the person has the ability to learn and kind of grow within the team, um, because I think, you know, the, the will to learn something new and to kind of change the way that they're thinking a little bit and the desire to want to do that, I think a lot of times can greatly outweigh like the immediate skill that somebody has, you know, obviously the skills that people have are important and they make people, you know, uh, work and do the things that they're doing. But I think the, the desire and the willingness to take what they know and kind of shape it to exactly where they're going with it goes a long way because I think, you know, um, you can you can teach someone new things you know how to do stuff but you can't necessarily you know if someone's not willing to learn it is you know they can be as skilled as they want to be but they're not going to fit exactly what you're doing so i think it's you know for me one of the it's got to be the the willingness to kind of learn and mold to a different role and and the new skills that they might have to get uh you know within what they're
0: coming to do Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And is that sort of just a general kind of energy and passion that you see in someone through one-to-one interactions? Or is there some kind of way that you can actually ascertain whether someone's got that mindset?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it, you're going to get more of a feeling in in talking one-on-one and having, you know, during the job interview process and kind of feeling out the person and their personality. Um, but I think too, is if you look at you know, somebody's resume and see the different roles that they've had and kind of get a sense of, you know, if they've had a bunch of different roles, is it because, you know, they're jumping company to company or is it someone who's, you know, been at a company and has grown through multiple positions and kind of having them talk through their resume and talk through their experience? Because I think too is, you know, resumes are great to be able to take an initial look at it, but there's always a story behind it. And there's always something that's, you know, the reasoning someone's gone through the path and their journey. And I think, you know, you have to have that conversation with someone to really feel it out is have them explain, you know, what their experience has been like, what they've learned from each one of the places. And, you know, if they can kind of demonstrate that, even if they've had multiple positions at different companies that aren't necessarily the longest sense of time, you know, getting a sense of, well, if you didn't spend that much time there, was there at least something that you picked up? Was there something that you learned? Like, how did it help you move along into where you are today? And so I think that's kind of where, you know, I I would be looking at with with people is not just from that conversation, but kind of being able to hear the story behind what their experience is and whether they've been
0: able to use it to build upon, you know, moving forward where they are now. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Another another really um, interesting answer. Thank you, George. So... I think, um, conscious we're coming to the end of our time here, I'm gonna ask, I've got sort of two quicker questions just to to finish off um, with now. So one thing I'd be interested to, to know, actually, if you could go back eight months ago when you kind of started at Touch Planet, is there anything that you think you would do differently uh, in terms of how you approach the role based on hindsight?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, what would I do differently? I don't know if there's necessarily anything I would have done differently in approaching the role, I think. um, You know, I I think it might have been something where I think I would have tried to do a little bit more of research and building out with what I actually wanted to do kind of as a whole you know I think I mean granted listen we're a startup and you know things are kind of moving fast and we're building out as we go and as Mm -hmm. we need to but I think you know from my standpoint is you know I think I didn't do as well of a job as I usually like to with planning ahead and kind of having a very solid plan for you know months and months in advance and kind of the 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 growth of things you know we're at a point now where we do have that but I think you know, kind of getting my head around that a little bit sooner, um, I think would have been a little bit more useful for me, um, probably less,
0: uh, you know, hair pulling kind of a deal. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Um, and finally, uh, right at the sort of start of the pod, we touched on the fact that you, your background may be slightly different to those uh, else in the tech industry. So if you were speaking to someone else who's perhaps not worked in tech before, what would your advice on how to kind of first get that first job in a, in a tech startup and then what the approach they could take to improve their chances of success?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think I would say that, you know, we cr- create the story around why your experience matters for what you're looking to do. I mean, I think is, you know, a lot of times people try to go and look at their experience and say, you know, oh, I don't have experience in the tech world. Right, or I don't have experience doing X, Y, or Z, you know, which is fine. And at on the surface level, it makes sense. But I think if you can take what you've had for experience and kind of tear back the layers of the onion, so to speak, and kind of say, okay, well, this is what I was doing. Here's at the core of what I was doing. You know, I was I you know uh, performed some leadership duties. I was doing very good with the organization and being able to talk with customers and that kind of a thing. And use that to highlight your resume, and then when you get into an interview process is, is use that and kind of as the base of your story when you're talking to whoever you're interviewing with is I think that can go a long way because I think you know like I said, is although if you look at something on a piece of paper, it might not be the most direct one to one experience, um, you know being able to talk about what you learned there and how that informs and how that actually makes you better suited for the position that you're going for, I think can go a long way because I think is, you know, as, as I mentioned before is just, uh, you know, learning from where you were at to kind of better yourself now is, I think is is a big part of things. And I think it can help people a lot.
0: Perfect. Yeah. That's uh, another fantastic answer, George. Thank you so much. Well, that's uh, all we have time for today. So thank you so much for your time, George. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you and getting uh, your wisdom here today absolutely no thank you so much for having me anytime thank you well for those at home thank you for listening and tune in next time to growing tech fast